Good morning, everyone. How are you doing? It's so nice to be back with you. Welcome to Ask the Expert, a daily series that runs from 8.30 in the morning to 9am, and it's all designed to help small businesses. Ask any questions you want in the comments or use the hashtag QBait on Twitter. If you need any more advice, don't forget you can join the official Intuit QuickBix small business community, SMB community, to uh, really find out more. Accountants and business experts are on hand 24-7. During the live session, we're going to be running a poll. This is the first time I've done a poll, but I'm super excited because I've seen lots of the other experts do it uh, really successfully. And our poll today is going to be focused on how well you've been future-proofing yourself and your business in the past six months. So please do engage with it and I'll share the results at the end. But I think first of all, I should probably talk about what future-proofing is so that you guys can get reflecting and then hopefully get voting. I don't normally like jargon, but future-proofing for me is the word that best sums up uh, a lot of what we've been talking to our community about um, over the past few months, especially since I was last back with you guys. So what I mean by future-proofing is how, how you bounce out of bed or don't bounce out of bed in the morning, how enthusiastic, how fit to do your role, how happy and inspired you are, um, and what happens if you can actually achieve it? Because it does sound a bit like Nirvana. I know for, for most of us, there are definitely days where I do not feel like I am very well future-proofed. To, to run a business or even run the family, frankly. Um, but there's, while there's no one silver bullet to achieve this sort of great sense of well-being, the reason it is so critical is that whether you are a manager of a team, whether you're an owner of a business, whether you're founding a business right now, and there are lots of us who are doing this uh, right, in, right at this moment, your greatest value. In fact, the greatest asset your business has is you. And you might feel that that's a bit impossible if you're a manager in a very big business, but actually you are one of that business's very best assets. So if you're not coming to work match fit, inspired, really up for it, then the challenges that you face are going to feel all that more overwhelming, but also the creativity, the innovation, that brilliant secret source that you add, the reason why your company wants you to be with them, all of that gets diminished. Um, and in some cases, particularly if you're founding a business right now, you never achieve the real value in your business. So, you know, I want to share one of my absolute favorite exercises with you guys this morning. It's something that I do with my own team. I do myself personally. I do have lots of businesses um, and organizations in uh, our sector. It's very, very simple. So I want you to grab, uh, you don't have to do it right now, but if you can do it right now, it's really, really good start to the process. Grab a piece of paper. Doesn't matter what it looks like, but in an ideal world, you'd have it in its sort of sideways position, landscape position, and divide it into four. And then you want to label each of those four quadrants that you've created. Love, hate, business needs me to do, somebody else could do better. Um, just dust truck going past. Hope you can still hear me. So into each of those quadrants, you want to then do a really honest soul searching exercise. What do you love 
about what you're doing right now in business? What are the things that really drive you? What are the things that make you feel that you're at the best version of you? What do you dislike? Some people would say hate. Most of my team will say, I don't hate anything. There's lots of things I dislike. Um, and this will change over time. This is the power of this very simple exercise. Most of us will put admin in that box. But what are the things that are really grinding you down, holding you back, frustrating the hell out of you? And there could be all sorts of things in there. The people I work with will say sometimes people management, love what I do, I love creating stuff. I just feel that the people management side of things is super difficult. Um, as I say, admin often features in this. For me, when I started my journey, pitching to investors was definitely one of the things that fell into to, uh, that box. And it was definitely a hate rather than a dislike. Then in the, the third box, you want to look at what the business needs you to do. So regardless of how you feel, and the love-hate exercise is quite an open and honest one. Really do be, be open with yourself. You don't have to share this with anyone else. What the business needs you to do is actually quite important because what you may find is, hallelujah, if, if everything you love to do is what the business needs you to do. But for most of us, there will be things that fall into that bottom box, the stuff that we don't like so much, that nonetheless is in our job description or right now might not be in our job description, but the business really needs us to be doing it just to get through a particular challenge, a particular project, uh, maybe a growth period or a pivot, a change in what we're doing. Be really honest about that too. Go back and look at your job description, maybe look at any targets you've got, uh, anything that, that informs that box. And then in that final box, we have the can't do or someone else can do better. Now, this is, again, a box that is not about what you technically can't do. It's about what you may not have time to do, what somebody else, frankly, could do better if you had a bit more resource to recruit them or if, you know, the, the job sort of situation, the job descriptions were slightly configured. When you sit back from that, what you can actually do is get a really, really good picture of how you're feeling. And for me, the real value in this, there, there are about three real elements of value in this. One, it can be a brilliant identification of what your recruitment strategy, strategy should be, particularly the immediate stuff. Um, so actually, are, are there things that I really dislike doing the business needs somebody to do? Maybe it's not me. Maybe it could be somebody else. Maybe there's enough of them that form somebody else's job description. Right. That's the next priority role. Because for me to go out and be the best version of me and really creative and achieve my potential, I need to be unburdened from this. The second piece of value is if there's stuff falling into the I don't like it or I hate it, but the business needs me to do it. Um, and I can't delegate this to anything else. And for a lot of people, there will be elements that you can't delegate. You may not, if you're the founder of a business, be able to delegate pitching about it to somebody else. Uh, there might be items of, uh, or categories that you'd say, well, that's admin, but frankly, you're still the best person to do that. What you can do is look at, do I have a development journey here? So for me, with uh, my hatred of pitching to investors, it was like, you know what? can I actually train myself or get some help to do it better, to feel more confident, to improve? So it might be that you need to invest in a bit of training for yourself. The other thing is it gives you that light in, at the end of the tunnel feeling. So yes, I know there are things I don't like. Yes, I know I would love to do more of, of, of the bit that fits, fits in that. I love to do this quadrant. But maybe if I just know there is a plan and I might have to wait three months, I might have to wait six months, I might have to achieve some milestones before I get there. I kind of know that this isn't forever. 
So this is a fabulous exercise to do at any stage in your career and at any time in your business journey. It's wonderful for managers to do with teams because it brokers these incredibly honest conversations. Is somebody ready to move on? Do you need to expand the team? Do you have a square peg in a round hole? We've had discussions like that in our business too, but it brings everything out into the open. And I think the emotion of the love and the hate together with the reality of the business needs helps you to forge a really great plan. So I'd love you guys to be doing this exercise. You can find it on Ferilio in our Golden Potential Guide. If you look up Golden Potential on Ferilio, you'll find it in a, a great walkthrough and some nice visuals to use as well. But I thoroughly um, encourage you guys to do that. We're building ebooks around this. We're building an online module around this. Please go do the exercise. Share with me how, how successful you find it. We're going to capture all of that up. You could even be one of our case studies or showcases as we go to publication fairly soon. But let me know how, how you get on with doing this because future-proofing you is absolutely vital. You are the most important asset that your business can ever have. And if you are on form, then you're creating value. You're creating IP. You're creating ideas. These things, they can be earning more money for the business. They can be inspiring and magnetizing other great people. So really understanding your past the baton plan, really getting to grips with what unlocks the best version of you, especially in challenging times like these, will enable you to make more informed decisions um, about how you're running your business. So the the materials I've just mentioned, the eBooks and the online courses that will be launching really soon, they'll be looking at lots of elements of how you future-proof you and your business. But I really wanted to share that exercise with you guys this morning. And as I said, I think it's the most powerful thing that any of us as individuals can do, but also with anybody that we manage. Keep coming back to it. It will change. You will keep shifting things around as you go on. Right. It is question time. I love these questions. Thank you so much, guys, for sending me uh, your questions. My very first question is from Mina. She's on Twitter DM. Thank you, Mina. Um, Hi, Merle. Do you have any tips on cascading a future-proofing mentality onto employees? Oh, fabulous question. (laughs) I'd love for them to feel that we are all in this together. You know what, Mina? I've been spending a lot of time on this with our team right now. You know, COVID, I think, has taken all of us in really odd directions, but I like to think we would have done this anyway. I think one of the best things you can do is fundamentally go back to that sense of belonging, significance, and identity that each individual has within your business. And the best way to do that is to have a very clear mission that everyone feels they can uh, clearly describe. um, So they know what it is and they can say it in, you know, words of less than 10, ideally, um, and it means something to them. Um, to recruit people as well and to embrace them and make sure the onboarding exercise really plays out the characteristics that you most see uh, for the employees of your business. For Frilio, for example, we say that Frilio people have hunger, passion, empathy. Empathy is really important um, and excellence. Um, And we look for that in others, but we also celebrate the fact that we as a team have that. Um, We've been looking recently at, you know, well-being um, initiatives, not expensive things. There's lots of stuff you can do for free, but we've kind of been experimenting together and feeling like we're going on that journey together. Make sure your values are really clear because if employees are going through the day to day and they're struggling with the odd decision, um, or they're even struggling with where they're fitting, maybe their past the baton plan is slightly out of kilter too. Then coming back to what the values are that drive your, your business is really important. And don't impose a set of values on your employees that are just kind of picked by management or picked by one person. It's very easy to do that. 
Um, really make sure that, you know, if you're doing it for the first time, everybody embraces those values and come back to human values. There's a wonderful exercise again on Frilio that pulls together some of the very best advice I've had as a founder, but also our peer group have had. Uh, and it talks about how to create a wonderful set of values that everyone can relate to. Um, the values that Frilio has, for example, are empowerment, and empowerment stands for empowerment of all our stakeholders, including our team individually. So we've got to empower our team. We've got to be, you know, not tripping each other up, bogging each other down with unnecessary requests, being inefficient, that kind of thing. Uh, togetherness, we are a collaborative platform. We work with lots of other people. It's not about our ego. It's about how wonderful the community and the ecosystem is. Uh, upfront and personal, no nonsense, strip back, straightforward. Don't bog people down with a whole load of stuff that's frilly and they don't need to know. Get them straight to solutions. Get people straight to answers. Upfront and personal is, comes into a lot of our design features and a lot of our comms uh, activity and uh, finally being tomorrow focused. So we spend a lot of time looking at future proofing um, and all the tips um, and things that we can do to ensure that small businesses really are as bulletproof as we can possibly make them. And I think for each individual member of the team, they relate to those values, perhaps some more than others, but they can see them reflected in their work and they really feel it. And I think when you are all on the bus together and you've got a very clear sense of the vision and why you're doing it and what you're doing and how you're doing it, um, it does make for a much more vibrant, energetic and motivated mindset in your employee force. You don't do it overnight, but there's lots of things you can do that don't have any cost associated with them apart from a little time that will carry your workforce uh, with you. Go check out the uh, Golden Potential Guide and the uh, Values Guides on, on Frilly if you want to know more about that. I feel very passionately about that and I've seen it work very well in businesses that I've worked in before and very badly. And I've kind of taken the best of that, pulled our whole community together and smashed it into those particular guides. I thoroughly recommend them to you, Nina. Thank you for an incredible question. Right. So my next question is uh, from Louis. Thank you, Louis, from Instagram DM. This ebook sounds just what I need. When will it be available? Oh my God, I can't get it out fast enough, Louis. Um, very soon. We've been trialing it in different forms. Uh, the visuals are amazing. I am a massive believer of visuals as opposed to lots of words. Um, I love links. I love to be told where to go and why it matters. Um, but it, it should be out. I'm hoping our very first one will be out uh, as a trial and probably as a bit of a freebie because we want the feedback um, within the next few months. Uh, if the QB team will allow me, I'll come on and let you guys know when it's live and maybe show you a couple of, of screenshots. But please, please, please um, keep the, the questions coming, keep the themes coming that are really important to you. The ebook will talk about future-proofing you, uh, which, as you can see, I feel very passionately about. It will talk about future-proofing your business uh, and the model that you use. Um, and it's not just about limited company versus sole trader. It's about all the smart stuff, the force for good taxes that can get HMRC bankrolling your business in the early stages. So getting money back rather than paying it all out, the incentives, um, the importance of team and strong IP and what you can do with IP when you've really locked it down and you're doing some cool stuff. You can license, you can franchise, you can look at these really exciting growth models. You can travel beyond borders. Um, and the ebook will major on how you do that with minimum risk financially as well as commercially, but maximum gain. So I'm very passionate about that pillar. And then it will also talk to, to those of our fundraising uh, community uh, about how to make yourself really future-proofed when it comes to your investability um, and getting money, whether that's from bank uh, or from an investor. So the minute it is live, uh, we will be sounding the klaxon, um, but I'd love to come and, and talk to you guys at that point. And 
all feedback is amazing feedback because these are peer-to-peer created. It's all experts signed off, but it's you guys, it's all of us that are, that are sharing all of this knowledge so that we can actually go forward uh, and make the right choices with real confidence. Uh, Alexa from Facebook Messenger. Thank you for your question, Alexa. Hey, Marley, great to see you on Ask the Expert again. Thank you. Um, if I ever need legal advice, I will turn to Ferulio. Bless you. Um, I'm curious to know how long it took you to go from idea to launching your company and if you have any growth advice. Uh, it took me way too long, Alexa. It took me almost 20 years to get here. Um, and it's a long story for a, a, another day. Um, but I built a prototype of Frilio previously. I was amazingly lucky. Um, and it was complete fluke. It was headhunted by a business I'd never considered working, uh, for because it was in a sector that I just didn't find appealing. My background is music industry, drinks industry, diamonds, uh, and I ended up in insurance, which was not the plan. Um, but they knew they wanted a solution and they were incredibly generous and they gave me a blank canvas and an amazing set of people to do it with and a budget. And so I had the sort of entrepreneurial dream, if you like. Um, Frilia wasn't the business I wanted to build next. So it's my third startup, but my first fully independently owned. Um, I wanted to build an ed tech and I'm building education, as you can probably see, into Frilio every single day because I'm passionate about the sort of knowledge is power, but only when it's shared uh, theme. But from making the decision to go independent and launch Frilio, which I took in February 2017, <clears throat> it was fast. And I attribute a number of things to that, um, Alexa. First was the fact that I'd done it before. So I kind of knew what I wanted to do. I just wanted to do it differently and, and better clearly. Um, so that there was that kind of knowledge in the background, but what really powered me forward, and I would encourage anyone who's considering launching a business or launching a new project or going and experimenting someone with, with, with something to do this. I worked with freelancers. I worked with an amazing set of freelancers who were really experienced, really motivated. Yes, they had a cost and I had to bootstrap us through and that was slightly eye-wateringly painful, but absolutely worth it because we started building the actual platform in June 2017. We had a clickable prototype by September 2017 and we were raising money off the back of it in September 2017. And from there on, we went to build it. We spent a lot of time very intensively testing it, but I had a community and a network um, that was massively expanded by these incredible freelancers. Um, and they came from very diverse backgrounds. Some of them were so amazing, they actually chose to stay with the business and become employees and stop doing what they were doing, which for me was a massive um, compliment to what Frilio's vision and mission is. Um, and they remain with us today. They're extraordinary, but work with really good people. If you can take the financial hit, do it because it will escalate what you do really quickly. So between starting to build it in June 2017 and launching, we launched in April 2018. Um, and from there on, it was kind of, you know, beta, take on the world, just keep going. Um, you never stop that momentum, but it's starting with, with incredible people early on. Um, was was brilliant. And I think the important thing also that freelancers enable you to do is the people you start with aren't always the people that you grow with. So if you're working with excellent people, but who don't have an expectation of being employed, 
the dynamic is very different. You come to the end of a project, you come to the end of a phase, everybody has a very open conversation about are these the right people to keep going forward? And if they're not, they'll help you find the right people that are. So you can do it really quickly, but have a really, really good plan, have very good people around you and just keep the pace. Again, we talk about that a lot in the uh, future-proofing materials that we're about to publish. Angela from a Twitter DM. Um, I'm hoping you have some advice. I didn't get the full amount back on my holiday package, which was cancelled due to COVID. I'm so sorry to hear that, Angela. I think there's a whole community of us um, that fit in that box. I've had it happen to be twice this year already. I was wondering if you know where I can turn. Do you know what? I think some of the uh, best advice you can find is on the ABTA, A-B-T-A website. Um, there's lots of really quick FAQs on uh, that site um, that will give you a kind of sense of, is this my situation? Okay, this is what I can do. Citizens Advice have a, a bit of uh, good advice too, but I found some of the best advice when I was going through this actually was on ABTA. If you have insurance, speak to your insurer because your insurer will know the kind of the main line about how all of this is going and they may be able to point you in directions too. Um, I think this is an awful situation. Most of us are already mourning the lack of the holiday that we thought we were going to have this year, but to be out of pocket as well is not great. There are voucher systems that people can offer you. Depending on whether it was a package holiday, it looks like yours were, you should have the full amount back um, by law. Um, and again, ABTA will tell you um, the exact specifics of that. Uh, if you haven't got the full amount back, it may simply be that the company itself has gone down. But again, there are levers and backstops um, that you can learn about on the Abta site too. I hope that helps. I'm really sorry <laughs> that like me, you're in a very frustrating position too. Um, but if there's anything more that we can do, reach out on live chat. But I would go to Abta first for sure. Sana from Facebook Messenger. Good morning. I might have an opportunity to get stakes in a company that's launching soon. Oh, how exciting. From a legal point of view, I just wanted to ask if you have any advice on things I should think about while being in the decision phase. So by stakes, I'm assuming that this is shares of some sort, Sana. Um, do your due diligence. Um, and by that, I mean really look into the background of the founders look into the strength of the vision. There's lots of questions you can ask um, from the, the obvious ones about, you know, where have the founders come from? What are their skill sets? Do they have the competence? And you need to gauge this. Do they have the competence to manage this com company and really grow it? Because most people in your position will be looking at, if I give my money now, um, what's it going to look like in two to three years time? Do I believe this vision? Do I believe these people are capable? And maybe there's some extra secret source ingredients that you're planning to add to, to the founding team perhaps, or to the, the managers of this particular company that will help them to 5X, 10X um, their revenue. So, so look at what your money expectation is. Look at why you're doing it. Some people will take stakes because they love the vision, but they're not looking to make money. So be very clear on what your objectives are. As I say, be very clear on your view of the competence of the people running it and making the decisions. Look at the competitive market. How many rivals are there? Is this a market that's really quite unique? Talk to them about the IP that they've got. So what is their secret source? How defensible uh, versus how easy to copy is it? Um, and then talk to people who may be working in the business, if they'll allow you that access. How do the employees feel? What's the culture like? 
culture sounds fluffy, but culture eats strategy for business. If the employee workforce, as we were talking about earlier, if they're not on board, if they're not sharing that mindset, if they're not turning up to work with very clear vision of their past, the baton plans, um, then they might fail. How long does it take for this particular business to get new business? How long does it take for them to get a customer? Delay is the biggest enemy for any business. So are they regularly getting customers uh, and, and look at are they churning them too? Because that will give you a sense of the customer community belief uh, in the product or service that this company is offering. Um, and again, how that's likely to build. If they're churning a lot, if they're losing a lot of customers, that might indicate that they're onto something, but they haven't quite got problem market or product market fit. Um, so I really hope those questions help. If you're looking to ask these kinds of questions in a quite rigorous way from a, a sort of more official investor type um, approach, there's some great guys actually on Forilio, um that talk about what investors look for. And if you put your yourself into the shoes of the investors in those scenarios, again, it'll give you a great set of questions that you can work through quite amicably. It doesn't have to be aggressive uh, with the company that you're looking at. But most businesses will come prepared to answer the questions that you have, and they should be capable of answering the questions that you have. So there's a lovely list of things um, that investors look for on Frilio. Go, go, go check it out. You can sign up to the site and trial it with no cost um, for a period of time. So go have a look at those questions, see if they'll help you to do that uh, ex evaluation exercise. Um, and I hope it works out. Um, Adam from Facebook Messenger, morning, Merle, amazing to see you back. Bless you. I will give you a hug later. Oh, no, I'm not allowed to hug anyone. COVID-19, I'll give you an elbow bump later, Adam. Um, I try and keep positive all the time. Do you think future-proofing is just a mindset or do you feel it relies on other aspects like financials? That's an amazing question. Um, it culminates in a mindset, um, Adam, but it relies on a lot of other things to be able to stride out there with confidence and feel like, yeah, I'm out of bed and this is a good day or to look back and say, I smashed it today. I mean, most of us can count those days on one hand, right? Um, but to, to really feel that way and to make sure you can count those days on, you know, well, you can't count those days because you run out of fingers. It relies on a lot of things. Financials, yes, but there are a lot of things that combine to make you happy with your financials. Again, it comes back to these pillars. Are you operating smartly? Are your team inspired? Do you feel that actually you're in the right position? I had an amazing conversation with uh, a business that I love and I support as and when I can recently, where the founder actually turned around and said, you know what, I've been doing my past the baton plan. Um, and for the first time ever, I'm looking at what I love and I'm looking at what the business needs me to do and what I'm really thoroughly disliking. And I actually have come to a bit of a moment. I don't think I'm the person to steer the business to this next phase of growth. I actually want to carve out a role that, you know, keeps me within the business um, I've still got my founding shares. I still love what we're doing. I just don't want to be pushed into a direction that doesn't feel right for me. Um, and I thought that was really powerful because it is about mindset, but it's also about what the business needs going forward. And this is why I say that super simple exercise is so powerful. It's so helpful in, in everybody evaluating, you know, once a quarter, um, maybe if, if it's really too time consuming a couple of times a year, but if you do it, it gives you that sense of what is it that really matters. But no, I think in answer to your, your question, Adam, it's a combination of factors that give you that mindset and you're not going to achieve that mindset without looking after them. 
Many of them are not that complex and they can be done. It's kind of just knowing about them, which is exactly why we're publishing the ebook because people share this information with us all the time, but it's not scalable. So we're making it so. But it's an amazing question, Adam. Um, Gianni from Twitter DM. Hi, my business partner and I have started to drift apart the last couple of months. It's been a tough period. Um, and I don't share the same goal and vision any longer. I'm beginning to think it's best if one of us buys out the other person. Would you recommend getting a mediator or legal person in to help from the start or rather to help out with all the paperwork in the end? Do you know what? I've been talking about exactly this with one of my favorite experts who happens to be a mediator and he works with a lot of co-founders in exactly this position. And in fact, one of the businesses I spoke to yesterday is just starting on this journey, but deeply concerned about this happening. Co-founders falling out or just reaching a point where they want different things is one of the top reasons why small businesses and startups don't go any further. Um, Again, depending on your circumstances and what you personally want, yes, absolutely, I would recommend um, speaking to a media. In fact, I would recommend John any day. Uh, So John from Abune, A-B-U-N-E, look him up. He's a fantastic chap. He's done this multiple times over. If you are making the the choice between you of who goes, who stays, and what that means, you know, in an idle world, I I suspect you want to keep this business going. You've invested blood, sweat, and tears in this. Giving up and just walking away and shutting it down is a horrible thing to do with something if you still believe that there is a vision and a potential for it. Some of the best startups, the unicorns and those who might be the future unicorns behind them, we all know the brand names. I won't mention them uh, now, but I know some of them personally incredibly well. They went through this process and one person stepped back. They either took on a slightly different role or they stepped back completely and the other founder went on to stellar success with full support. And the co-founders that stepped away have ended up very wealthy, very happy and very fulfilled. Mediation has an amazing way of getting the honest conversations out there in a non-contentious, in a non-awkward or aggressive way. It enables you to be really honest. Um, and doing the past the baton plan, if you can persuade the two of you to do it and you both want to, to, to do the right thing, you, you're not sort of at each other's throats already, can be a really powerful way of sharing that with a mediator and saying, look, this is what we love, hate and dislike. This is what we're kind of churning through help us find the right solution. So um, yeah, I would absolutely suggest mediation if it's at an early stage. Uh, It can be super powerful. It's not particularly expensive. And if it doesn't work, nothing is written in stone. So you can go on and talk about other things and explore other avenues if you want to. You may even find that just a slight tweak to what you're doing actually resets the two of you. Um, One of my favorite businesses recently went through a position very similar to you. And actually what they wanted was to bring in a third person who would actually buffer a lot of what the two of them were struggling with. Different skill set, different personality, power boosted that business forward. But it was mediation and those honest discussions that helped them get to that spot. Otherwise, I think we would both have shut the business down completely and walked away and it would have been a travesty. Right. So um, I need to wrap up and I definitely need to give you the poll results. I would love to talk about more questions, but the poll results are in. Uh, We asked you, how well have you been future-proofing yourself in the past six months? 50% of you said that you're doing a great job future-proofing yourself. That is awesome. I'm so pleased to hear that. I think the positivity is really starting to come through. So well done, guys, because I know it's been a really challenging period. 25% of you answered that you're doing a bit or okay, but could do more. I'm definitely in that bracket. 
Um, and 25% said not that well. Guys, I hope what I've shared with you this morning helps on that journey, particularly if you're on that 25%. Um, and if there's anything more that, that Frilia or indeed our wider community of QB experts can do to support you, please let the QB team know um, because sessions like this are absolutely designed to make sure that we are rocket boosting those that are doing amazingly and we are supporting and pulling through um, those of you who aren't so confident right now. Confidence and ambition is what will get our economy and our small business uh, community back to feeling like we're nailing it. We were worth 2.2 trillion to the UK economy last year. Let's get back there. So, um, any final questions, then uh, please get in touch with the QuickBix support team on Facebook or me. You can get me on LinkedIn, uh, Merle Calvert, or on Twitter at LDC. Coming up on Ask the Expert tomorrow is someone that you guys will recognize. He's back again, Luke Bath. Uh, he's a partner at Elliott's uh, within their outsourcing and corporate finance team. Luke leverages technology to improve the quality and access to financial information for clients. And he helps businesses like us of varying sizes with issues they experience during growth. Growth is what we all want to start looking at as well. Um, so some great advice from Luke coming up tomorrow. A reminder that if you need any more advice, please join the official Intuit uh, QuickBooks SMB community group on Facebook. There's tons more um, that you can pick up there. Accountants and business experts like us are on hand 24-7. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in today. I hope it's been a bit of a power boost to your day. Get your pasta baton plans going. Stay in touch. I'd love to know how you all get on. It's been really great answering your questions. Have a great day.